Hello and welcome back to The Card Pool. I'm your host, Stu. And I'm Kyle. And today we are finishing up our set of Exodus. We're looking at the money cards this time. Yes, we are. And there's some pretty good ones here, too. We've got some high values. Might be one of the higher ones I've ever seen, honestly. So without building any more anticipation, because it's already there simmering, we'll jump right in on the top, the tippy top of the most expensive cards that we found. So at number one here, I'll start it off for us. We have a card called City of Traders. At the time we grabbed it, this card was going for about 146 bucks for a <laughs> land. And oh. if you if you play a land, you have to sacrifice this card. However, you can go ahead and tap this card to create two colorless mana to your mana pool. This is a card that might seem a little counterintuitive at first because you have to go ahead and you have to sacrifice this card if you play a land. But you can go ahead and use this card super early or at any point in the game to give you a quick jump. It's almost like a land ritual. If you want to think of it that way, you pay a little bit, you go ahead and get this. And also, before you play the land, you tap this card. So you still get the net of mana that you want. So being able to have three mana on turn two, pretty nice. Yeah, so, I mean, this, this is right up there with something like Ancient Tomb. I mean, is paying two life for two mana a shot uh, you know, worth it? Probably yes. Is losing a land potentially worth it for you know more than one mana a shot? Maybe it probably is. I partially like don't understand why this card is so expensive. Maybe it's just because no reprints, but it is pretty decent. It, it doesn't count lands you ramp into, which is nice. So when you when a land comes into play, it doesn't get sacrificed. When you play a land, it gets sacrificed. So it kind of gets around things in that respect, which makes it a little bit better. And once again, it's a temple of the false god with no conceivable drawbacks, really, when it, you know, compared to that one. So it could be really useful in decks, especially that like to sacrifice lands, like Titania or the Gitrog monster or something like that. Yeah, you can go ahead, you can recur it. And we've seen tons of things like Crucible of Worlds, Ramming Up Excavator, stuff like that to go ahead and make it so that you can get this card back into play where there's no true downside. But this is also a solid legacy piece. Like you can go ahead, you play this on turn one, and you go ahead, you you flood the field out with like mana rocks and stuff like that, and then like sure, yeah, you'll lose it, but you've gotten that mana amount that you need, and you can if you need to run another one of these in legacy and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a little bit odd for us in commander, but it could be very valid in a CDH kind of format as well. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to things outside of like modern, for example, but hey, yeah, it could be. Uh, I think going on to our next one, though, this is one that everybody will recognize. Number two here on our money card list for $80 a copy is Survival of the Fittest. Yes, the, the, the fear of magic players everywhere. It costs two mana, and it's a green enchantment, one and uh, the generic and one green. And it's, it gives you the ability to just tap one green anytime, any place, discard a creature, search your deck for any creature, and put it into your hand. Very simple effect, but very, very powerful, as anybody who has played against or with this card will attest. This should be, I think, more expensive than the other one, and it's actually come down a slight bit in value recently. It used to be like over 100 so there you go. Um, no, it's usually yeah. been around like fifty bucks. It's gone up to about sixty since like it's yeah. kind of like its initial plummet from Grace, but, but it's still, ab absolutely incredible for one mana 
getting any creature from your deck is great. Discarding a creature can be a cost that sometimes you may not be able to meet, but as long as you have one creature, you can just keep chaining it over and over again into more creatures cycling through your deck, and that's kind of the point. You want to use this card to set up your graveyard to put something big into your hand, probably bring everything back in the process. That's how I've used it in the past. I mean, and aside from that, it's just a great utility piece to find whatever creature you need at any given situation. If you're ever looking for a budget option of this, like Fauna Shaman, is, it should pretty much read like Magus of the Fittest or <laughs> something like that. Like this is, and also you gotta love the whole flair on this. This is Darwin at its finest right there. Hmm. It's pretty much, it just turns any creature card that's no longer relevant to you into something that's useful. Being able to kind of get a better, like, worldly tutor continuously over and over again is great. Very, very great. And this is great for filling up the grave. So Dredge with green, it's so powerful for that. And if anything else that is combined with Black loves this card from green like the most yeah. this is like it's ideal one to go with the only thing that matters is you just have to have green mana and enough to pump into it to just fill out your deck this is one of the great cards in magic history really it, it is it's just very it's very well known and feared and powerful for a very good reason and the it's been reprinted as a judge promo other than that, it's only OG to this set, which is also part of why the price is so high. And if it did get reprinted, it'd probably drop down, but quickly rebound just because so many decks need this card. It's just so Oh, powerful. yeah. Uh, definitely. Definitely a step up from even the closest comparison. But moving on, let's get to a card that, in spite of maybe not being as good as that, is actually banned in Commander. Number three, yep. Recurring Nightmare. This is another enchantment costs two generic and one black you sacrifice a creature and return recurring nightmare to its owner's hand from the battlefield and you put a creature from your graveyard into play you can only use this ability anytime you can cast a sorcery as i said this card is banned in commander for a very good reason i mean you may look at something like survival the fittest and be like well that's really good how come isn't how come that isn't banned in commander but this is kind of a whole different level of ridiculous because you could potentially, uh, I mean, play paying three every turn to get any creature from your graveyard back into play. At the very worst, it's paying three to flicker a creature. And if we've seen anything, we know that that in black is not broken at all. Great yeah, version. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Well also, the point is, is like, well, so this card's around like 17 bucks, but it you can go ahead and make it so like, all right, you play this, you sacrifice a creature, you bring one back from the grave. Then you go ahead and you bring back the creature to sacrifice by swapping them out. So it inherently goes in its own cycle. It recycles them back and forth. So if you go ahead and keep winding this clock and winding this clock, you have a doomsday device there, depending on what creatures you want to go ahead and use this with. It's very easy to have go crazy and the fact that it's like play this as a sorcery big deal you're gonna win that turn anyway like yeah it's gonna be it. just i mean constellation loves this card now because it's an enchantment and even outside of that this is just something that is way too good for the format so it's it, i understand i totally understand why this is banned and no should it ever come back no it's too good 
<laughs> and it's so easy, like turn one, play in tomb, put like, I don't know, the black freighter in the grave or something like that, right? Then turn two, bring out a soul ring, play a swamp, bring this into play. Okay, then play whatever creature, and now you got the board easily locked down because the Praetor's going to keep the stuff out and you just keep going and having a great day. So, I mean, you can go on and on about this card, but since it's not in Commander, we don't really care about it. So we're going to go on <laughs> to our next one, which is going to be number four, and it's called Mind Over Matter. Now, this is a $16 card about there for an enchantment. Enchantments in the setup. I'll tell you what, it costs... <laughs> man, it's a lot of blue. That's six, right? Two generic yes. or blue? Uh, you choose and discard a card, tap or untap, target artifact, creature, or land. So if this sounds as broken as it is, that is right. It is very easy to yes. break. <laughs> you can go ahead and make infinite mana, get so many different kind of triggers on creatures that you're trying to go off with, and even just abuse a land that puts cards into your hand or creates so much mana. The turn this comes into play, you could go ahead and pretty much win depending on what your resources are oh yeah i mean uh, like the the bottom line is this wins the game with like look at azami uh lady of scrolls from kamigawa tap a wizard draw a card discard a card (laughs) untap a wizard and you know so on and so on and so on you could just basically draw your entire deck just from playing this one card this is again like survival the fittest like recurring nightmare obviously a broken card and basically, you win the game if this comes down, and if you don't, you're not playing it right. Well, all right. You could use it very gentleman-like, I'll say, or very, very casually. There's no problem in using <laughs> I, this card on. casually. However, you're not going to be doing that for very long once you realize how this interacts with another card and another card. So the next thing you know, you've just created this monster of a deck without even trying to. Yeah, no, this is the only, really the only thing that holds this back from being just oppressively broken is the fact that it costs six and like four of it blue. That means it's not really going to see a whole lot of play outside mono blue decks. And I mean, if you want to throw it in another deck, just get your mana curve down right and you'll be all right, maybe. But yeah, that four blue really disincentivizes you. But moving on to number five here. If it's a card that made it so you hated the other one, well, that name is sticking to it. It's called Hatred. Yes. Take it away. It's a fifth. All right. Well, this one, yeah, this is an instant, and it costs five mana, three generic, two black, and you just pay X life. Target creature gets plus X plus O until end of turn. So there seems to be, like, a running theme in this set, especially in these money cards of just... Cards that if you play them, you probably win. <laughs> yeah. and, and again, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Oh, paying any amount of life you want, that's not potentially broken at all. <laughs> um, so this is, I mean, like I said, converting life into anything is powerful, especially in Commander, where we have so much life. And the basic function of this card is to, on your Commander, or maybe on an Infect creature, or a Trample creature, or something enable one-shot kills out of nowhere and pretty early in the game too yeah it's it's good for just a win con for old-fashioned commander damage that alone with a one card right there is great how hard is it to go ahead and do 21 damage with a creature that already has a stat that's not zero as a base attack okay 
yeah. How much life do you have? 40. That's, yeah, sure. I have no problem going ahead and doing that. Also, Black has some form of ways of, like, making people's life drop down easy, like Soren Markov. Hey, your life's 10? Okay, I don't have to take much to get you out of the game at this point. And right. there's other Black creatures out there, like, target player's life 10. They just like doing that for some reason. So, yeah. Being able to just go ahead and make it so, like, hey, five mana, kill a player. Yeah, it's a strong card. <laughs> yeah, or, I mean, you could just be really dirty with it. You don't even have to attack. You could just pay five, say, I'm going to pay, like, 39 life, and then play Sable Bolas. I'm going to gain 39 life and draw 39 cards. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, works, too. Yeah, 100%. That's but just, yeah. Again... Pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. I understand why this card is a money card. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, so number six, we're looking at a card called Spear of Resistance. It's around 13 bucks. It's an artifact that costs two generic, and it reads all spells cost an additional one to play. So we're tipping scales from going from, hey, it's easy to win, to now it's harder to win. And thank goodness, because Wizards, if there's any more of these instant win cards in here... <laughs> Yeah, so at least they're at least realizing they're doing something here. This is a great card to slow down the tempo of play. If you've ever played against a Grand Arbiter, Augustine the Fourth, where Ugh. it just makes stuff cost more. Every it's, time they come out, uh, people groan. It's so miserable. I hate these taxing cards. Yeah, everyone wants to have discounts, not additional costs. So <laughs> this is a great way to slow down aggro players if that's ever a problem in your play group. If they're just coming at you willy-nilly because stuff just costs too cheap, well, just raise the cost on them. If you're a slower kind of green deck, you'll have those resources to go ahead and not have this hurt you as much. And this can go into any deck. It's an artifact. It has its plays, but it also has its collective groans. Yeah, well, it's a pretty nice addition to any stacks-type deck. You have to build around it and play around it in order to be successful, but that shouldn't really be a problem considering you're building the deck with this in it. And being an artifact gives it an additional, like, huge reach and synergy with a number of other cards. Like, I mean, Static Orb, Winter Orb, and Snaring Bridge, all of them kind of fall under this same kind of, uh, of umbrella. And like I said, ugh, I hate playing against these cards. It's so terrible. I but, like it. Uh, Fine. It's like, all right, I'll just, now, instead of winning on turn four, it's turn six. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, but still, uh, yeah, pretty nice card. Again. So moving on to number seven here, Kyle, you take this. This is a card you've definitely used. Yes, it is. Number seven here is Coat of Arms, another easily recognizable card for a lot of people. It's an artifact that costs five mana to play, and each creature in play gets plus one, plus one for each other creature in play <laughs> of the same type. So uh, like we said, pretty recognizable card. This is like the original Tribal Anthem. Uh, famous ingredient of tribal decks anywhere. However, this being an older card, you have to be a little bit careful because this gives a universal boost to the table. So if you're playing against somebody with a high concentration of tribal cards of their own, it could potentially give them an unwanted boost. However, more often than not, the net result of this is going to be your creatures are just insanely big and everybody else is scared. So that's mainly what's going to happen. Yeah, in the off chance you're playing against somebody who's using a lot of changelings, they'll probably be the one to get the advantage with this, but you should be the one grabbing the, all the value. And the great thing for this is, and I'm so glad Wizards did this, 
this is in all colors. You can go ahead and use this because every color has its own tribe. So being able to go ahead and give Eldrazi a big boost, nobody wants that to happen, but you can make that happen. Or humans or clerics or whatever kind of commander comes out in the future, this is a great card to go ahead and make those tribal builds a lot more aggressive. And yeah, it's, it's not much more to say about it than that. No, these, these power cards are pretty straightforward, but they're good at what they do. So at number eight, we're looking at a card here called Equilibrium. And I am amazed I said that right as well. It costs $8 for another enchantment that costs three mana, one generic and double blue. Whenever you successfully cast a creature spell, you may pay one generic. And if you do, return target creature to its owner's hand. So this is something that is blue at its core because blue is all about returning stuff to people's hands. I'm not going to kill it. I'll just say, uh, just just bring that dish back to the kitchen and bring it bring it back to me later. I'm not ready for it yet. <laughs> and in addition, you're going ahead after you casted something. So what do blue typically cast? Counter spells. I'm going to counter something, pay one more, get rid of your creature. I'm going to go ahead, bounce stuff back, and then do this or do that. Like it combos out so easily, especially if you're just having one more mana. I kind of wish it was one blue you had to pay for it because it would make it less easy to get that effect <laughs> off, but it's still a very great, great, great card. Yeah, well, see, this is honestly, like, I'm shocked that I don't see this card as much as I think it, as good as it is. Uh, tacking the ability for one additional mana to bounce onto any creature seems, in principle, amazing. However, the only strike against it is that for it to be good, you obviously have to play a lot of creatures. You're in blue. You don't always do that. So I could see that potentially being a point of contention. However, I usually like to play a lot of wizards when I'm in blue. Wizard tribal is pretty solid. You play a lot of creatures there. This is a nice addition to maybe a wizard tribal deck, for example. That or more folk. Yeah, you just add bouncing a creature onto everything. However, you can also, of course, combo with yourself. You play something like a, a Vencer, for example, to bounce or counter something. The next time you play a creature, you can just pay an additional one to put Vencer back in your hand and reuse him at another point. Yeah, it's almost like, which one would you rather? Crystal Shard or this? Crystal Shard doesn't have to go onto something else as a cast and can go off on its own, but it's a one-time use. It's an artifact. But and if you are targeting your own permanent settings, if you're trying to enable more ETBs, you can go ahead and make it so that this is an easy way to get that effect. I mean, if you're using Brago and you can't attack anymore, you're dead in the water. So having this as a backup plan in a deck like that isn't a bad idea. So is this a good card? 100%, without a doubt. But would yeah. you use it over Crystal Shards? That's what I want to know. So we'll do another little poll up in one of the corners. I don't know where it is because I'm in a little <laughs> box right now. So... Let us know. Would you rather this or crystal shards? Yeah, but interesting. Moving on. Oh. Yeah, moving on to number nine, Kyle. What do you All got? Right. Oh, we've got Spike Weaver here in num number nine. Seven dollars for this card, and again it is a four mana green creature, uh, two colorless and two green for a spike. One of those weird little slug type things. Um, it's a zero zero, but it comes into play with three plus one plus one counters on it. So it's a three three, not bad. So it has two abilities. You can either tap two, remove a counter from it to put a counter on a, a target creature, which is the standard ability that most spikes have, 
Also, you could tap one to take a counter off him, and Fog, creatures deal no combat damage this turn. So the reason why this card, I think, is a money card here is because, I mean, not put too fine a point on it, it's really good. I mean, creatures uh, not being able to do combat damage, the Fog ability, uh, has a whole lot of upside, both, both offensive and defensive. And it's a fog in most decks that can be reused. It's a creature. It's a lot easier to put back into play than maybe an instant or sorcery. And in a deck that abuses plus one, plus one counters, this just continues to get out of hand very quickly, not only by increasing the amount of times you can use its ability, but also by giving its counters potentially to other creatures and enabling synergies there. This is, again, just a really all-around great card. And in a deck that can proliferate counters, you can pretty much fog indefinitely. Yeah, actually, the reason why this card ended up going up was Atraxa. People quickly put mm. one and one together, and they're like, as long as Atraxa's out, and as long as I have Spike Weaver, I'm not getting hit. And that lockdown right there is very, very powerful, and it doesn't take too much to enable that. And also, this is me, I didn't realize that's a slug. With all the branches and stuff, I thought it was a spider, especially with the web out there. Uh, Jason, pull up the image real fast. I always thought it was like a spider over an actual slug. So when someone's like spike. Like, yeah, it does kind of look like a spider. It's got like a spider's head, but then a slug's body. It's weird. I, don't know I thought the limbs were the, were the limbs of the tree. But either way, I'll digress <laughs> on that one. It's it, This is a card that's only gotten better with time. And the more we keep touching on proliferating and counters and different themes. This is another card, until it gets reprinted, it's just going to keep going up and being versatile for what it does. Oh, yeah. But moving on to our final card in the money set of Exodus. Hmm. This is a card called Erratic Portal. It costs $6 and four generic mana to cast this artifact. For one mana and tapping it, you can return target creature to its owner's hand unless its controller pays one. So this is a solid piece of control. It makes it so that your opponent can't go ahead and tap out. It's almost like they can't cast something if they wanted to for the risk of losing it. Hey, I go ahead, I bring this piece out, I'm going to attack you next turn. Well, no, since I went ahead and used all my mana, that's just going to go back to my hand and set me back another turn. So it's kind of like the conflict you see with having a crystal shard out. People ha are blatantly seeing the problem in front of them and have to play around it which gives you an advantage right there this is an artifact it can go into any deck it's a very powerful card for what it can do yeah this is the original version so we were talking about crystal shard in comparison with like equilibrium this one does the exact same thing but costs a little bit more to use potentially so is it as good as equilibrium or crystal shard probably not technically speaking but it is another nice option to have access to. And like with both of those cards, a lot of the primary value is not necessarily in getting rid of other people's creatures, but in reusing your own. Well, also being able to reuse your own and threaten them like that. If you have a creature out that you're like, I'm going to bounce it, but I'll save mana up just in case there is a problem. I'll go ahead and use this as both offensive and defensive. And that's the true value of a card like this right here. Yeah. 
But that is going to conclude our last part of Exodus. So we're going to be moving on to a different set for them in the future. But until then, be sure to check out all of our social media. You can reach us on many different platforms. we got a subreddit, Kicking It Live. So you can check us out there. Tapped Out, Facebook, Twitter, all at the handle The Card. Indeed. And you can also check us out because on TCG Player, as we indicate below here, we are now sponsored, which you tell us about it, Stu. So pretty much in the description down below, you'll find a link that'll send you to TCG Player's site. And you'll be like, okay, what happened? Pretty much if you go ahead and you check out, well, after you clicked on this link, it lets TCG Player know that, hey, we are something that you like. And we are also something that TCG players should take note of. So they go ahead and they help support our channel, which can go ahead and make it so we have more content in the future. So by doing that, you're helping support the channel in a very, very good way. Yes, and we appreciate it. So please uh, go to TCG player, buy some cards there, support them, support us, and like us, subscribe, and follow us wherever you can. We always appreciate that. But until then, I'm Stu. I'm Kyle. We'll and we'll see, see you next, next time. At the at the card pool. You, you stop talking. At man. the card pool. We're at the card pool. We're at the card pool. <laughs> that was your fault. Oh, I don't know.